everybody. I'm Gary Ebersol. Richard Kipling here. And I'm Randy Schultz. Welcome to Camp Codger, a podcast for people in their golden years. Join us to hear rocking chair wisdom from three old guys. A few weeks back, we had a great time reminiscing about our retro toys. In this episode, we wrap up that fun conversation. But before we get started, let's check on a couple letters from camp we received after our episode in Cars. Ken tells us a very sad story about how his customized 63 Chevy convertible was stolen while he was on a date. He recovered from that heartbreak by buying a 62 Corvette, which he used to cruise down to Cape Cod with the top down. Ken was definitely Mr. Cool in that car. And Patty reminds us that many women also have a car thing, but they commonly express it by naming their cars. She named her 64 Chevy Nova Zonker. As a side note, guys do not name their cars. Anyway, back to retro toys. Toys and gifts seem to go together, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have these really disappointing gifts. (laughs) And to this day, and I've I've forgiven my parents, my first bicycle oh. was such a disappointment. Even back in the 50s, so brand sensitive that when you got a new bike, it had to be a Schwinn. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Anything but a Schwinn was... Subpar. Subpar. Oh my God, it was even worse than that. <laughs> I've got my first bike. It had green tires. <laughs> Really, green <laughs> tires. <laughs> it had gold tassels, which I immediately took off. <laughs> and it only had two speeds. Mm. And it was from the Firestone Tire Store. Oh, my God. I was so disappointed. And I had to ride a bicycle to school with green tires. All right. Wait a minute. I've got exactly the opposite story. <laughs> my brother and I were convinced we were not getting bikes for Christmas. We didn't even bother on Christmas morning to get up early. We just wandered downstairs at nine o'clock in the morning. My parents had hidden two spanking new Schwinn black and silver bicycles, three speeds, in our neighbor's garage. And we got up, we went out, we looked in the living room, and there are two incredible bikes waiting for us. They even had little silver things, stickers you could put on the bike that said your name. So my brother's name, Ron, had Ron on his, and mine was Dick. We took those bikes out. This is Christmas in Kansas. There was snow on the ground. We, we didn't care. We went out for an hour and just biked around the snow. Oh, greatest <laughs> surprise I've ever had. And they were Schwins. Schwins. Three-speed Schwins. Yeah. Three-speed Three-speed Oh, my God. Oh. I don't mean to brag, but <laughs> for my first day of seventh grade in Southern California, one of my favorite pictures of me as a kid is me standing with this big, giant grin on my face next to my brand new blue and silver Schwinn five-speed bike. Oh, come on. Oh, my God, with a derailleur. Yeah, with a derailleur. First, first, like grown-up bike I ever had, and I was this little scrawny kid. The picture makes me look like I was about I don't know ten. I think I was actually twelve. <laughs> anyway, right before I rode off to seventh grade, and it's like I was the happiest kid wow. in the world. 
Wow, that sounds. And I wonderful. knew, I knew when we started talking about this, we would have bike stories because that is such a moment. It is in in a child's life. Doesn't matter who you are, we all remember bikes. Oh boy! Yep. How about yo-yos? Is anybody going to talk about yo-yos? yo-yos? You cannot have the, this discussion without yo-yos. The fascinating thing about <laughs> yo-yos is how enduring they've been from the 1920s to into the 60s. The 20s Maybe. is when they're from, huh? Well, they're still around. One of the shows on TV that we watch periodically is America's Got Talent, big popular show. And there was a yo-yo guy on the last season. I hadn't thought about yo-yos in a while, but this guy had made a whole act out of him. He was really good. You know, he had a yo-yo in each hand and he was spinning and throwing and <laughs> doing somersaults and everything. It was actually kind of endearing. And I hadn't thought of yo-yos as like a cool thing in a long time. And I thought about the tricks we used to do. There were cool. there were two that I remember. One was was walk the dog. Do you remember that one? Can you, you put do it, it? Yeah. You, can, yeah. You put it down on the floor and leave it there. It spins, but it stays on the floor until you yank it back up. Right. And the other one is round the world. I was, I was limited to walking the dog. That was the, <laughs> I reached my peak performance walking the dog. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a great old time toy that has endured. It really is. I don't know how many kids are playing with yo-yos, but we all remember them, and they're still available. And they're I would play with there. one today. They're, they are fun. Do you remember the branding though when it was brought back in the early '60s by no. Duncan? No. The difference between a knockoff yo-yo and a Duncan <laughs> yo-yo. Duncan yo-yos had all sorts of different types. Some of them would would spin, and there were colorful f- reflectors inside. Oh yeah, getting a Duncan yo-yo. Yeah, I remember them being fancy and and, uh, more desirable. More desirable. Do you guys remember wood-burning sets? Wood-burning sets were so cool. Yeah, you plug this thing in, and the whole idea is the electricity heats up this the end of what looks sort of like a pan. Yeah, it's a soldering iron. And then you can burn wood with it. It's like, who came up with that? This is a great idea. Let's come up with a, a toy where a, a young boy or girl can burn themselves horribly. <laughs> or carve up the, the family furniture. <laughs> carve up the furniture, set the house on fire. It's like, what kind of a good idea does that sound like? I think it was brilliant. I love, the, I love my wood burning set. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a soldering iron for kids. I, I mean, what kind of, They were great. What kind of Blisters. horrible parent is oh. going to give that to a kid? Uh, mine. yeah come to think of it mine too yeah (laughs) did either of you ever do this i collected coins from the age of about nine or ten through my early teens i used to take my allowance which i can't remember whether it was a dollar a week whatever and i would save it up and i would go down to my local bank and buy four rolls of pennies (laughs) <laughs> and bring them home and very I'd spend an hour going through all these pennies, looking at the dates, looking at this. Every now and then, this is how old we are, I would find an Indian head penny from 1906 or a Whoa. copper penny or a uh, zinc penny, I think it was, from World War II, the silver one, the metal-looking yeah, ones. The metal pennies, It was yeah. so fun and so exciting and the anticipation of finding something wonderful in these and these little rolls of pennies, 50, 50 cents. 50 cents. 50 buy you 50 pieces. Exactly right. 
when we upgraded our collections to nickels and dimes, <laughs> yeah. you're looking for that mercury head dime. Oh, uh, was I ever. Somewhere out there, there was that buffalo with the missing front leg on the uh, buffalo nickels. God. I just oh. love that. I love that stuff. It was so fun. The crippled buffalo coin. That's what we wanted, the crippled buffalo. <laughs> that was great. And do you? did either of you collect stamps? No, not so much. I collected coins. I was right there with you, you know. Those that, little that. blue binders they sold that you yeah, stick your... Yeah, I still yes. probably have those I've still somewhere. got them. I've still got them. Yeah. I mean, why coins. why not save those? That's actual money. It is. Yeah. You know, it's at least worth at least a penny. Well, and it was so at weird to, as a, a 10 or 11-year-old to go uh, look at the, the catalogs of the coins and see that a penny you had dragged out, a 1921-something, was worth... $12. Whoa, Holy my cow. God. Pays your college tuition. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. I'll have to say I did coins for a while, and then I just kind of lost interest because after looking through 10 rolls of pennies, <laughs> you're thinking, this is kind of boring. That, that, this penny looks just like the last penny. <laughs> and, I, and I'm easily bored. <laughs> oh, my. All right, so there are some classic toys for sure. I even found a list of the all-time 100 greatest toys assembled by a writer at Time Magazine. And I just want to throw out some of these and see if any of us or all of us have ever had some of these toys. The list starts in the 1920s, I believe, when Time Magazine started. So they started the list in the 1920s, and then by decade by decade, they took it into the 2000s. So how many of us ever owned a radio flyer wagon? Oh, I did. No, we had the one from the Firestone store. <laughs> you poor thing. <laughs> it, was, it was red, but it wasn't a radio flyer. But the wagon, the wagon should have been some sort of awful fuchsia color based on the, the tires on my bicycle. The aesthetics of the Firestone Company when it came to building toys and bicycles, uh, not very, not very great. Had a wagon. Everybody's got to have a wagon. Yeah, yeah. Wagons are classic. All right. How about this? This is one of the top toys. They say from the 1930s, but I remember this, and I'm not that old. <laughs> a Viewmaster. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Viewmaster? Yep. And now they're, look those it. are true classics because you have to buy them as vintage items because who in their right mind with, with this billion episodes on YouTube would ever look through a Viewmaster? <laughs> yeah, to see slides of Old Faithful or something, right? right? They were great. That's definitely that's definitely a retro item. Yes, it those is. Those were those like were family said. gifts. You know, the, your, I don't know if your parents had family gifts. We were had so many kids that some gifts were considered family gifts. Oh, for everybody, for yeah. everybody. And and the Viewmaster, I remember being a family gift. That sounds like a family gift. How about this one, a Mister Potato Head? Yes, not for me though. It was my kids. Well, they actually came out in the 50s. Oh, yeah. We had Mr. Huh. Potato Heads. 
Again, oh. we, we, well, the best we could do is get a toy that had a potato. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, those were the days when you actually used the potato. You got those little pieces, the eyes and the nose and the right. mouth, and you actually stuck them in a potato. Of course. Yeah. Nowadays, you get this little plastic yeah. thing that looks sort of like a potato, and that you use that. But I, I like the old retro one. I think children are deprived today because they can't use a real potato with their Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> sad, sad but true, Gary. It's very <laughs> sad. I'm sure that's top of mind for all these kids. It's like, I want to use a potato. <laughs> with my potato head, Mr. Potato Head. Can I interest you in some silly putty? Yeah. You know what the alternative today is kids play with? And I'll bet your grandkids play with is this stuff called slime. Oh, yeah, yeah. Slime is fun, but silly putty. Back in the days, this goes back to a previous episode that we had. You got the Sunday newspaper, you got your silly putty out, and you smash the silly putty on the the comics section, and you could lift off some of the ink onto your silly putty, and so you had a mirror image. That was stupid, but it was fun when you're a kid. I enjoyed doing that. It was great fun. And after a while, that piece of silly putty turned a real gray until it finally was just this awful, ugly gray mass. There was an era of essentially toys that were supposed to make boys warriors. The BB gun was it. The metal toys, yes. soldiers you played with, the plastic toy soldiers, the the helmets, the G.I. Joes. Yes. And all of those were popular for a long period of time. And in the post-World War II period, particularly the 50s, I think all little boys were kind of trained to be warriors. You're forgetting the, the Western TV shows and how many Western cowboy toys there oh, were. Cow- that was what I remember. I remember watching uh, the westerns on TV and wanting to, the, the little holster. Yep. My little, you know, fake six shooter would fit into that, you know, and you put caps into the yep. gun. Cap pistols. The gun didn't actually shoot anything, but man, you could make a great snapping, popping noise with those caps. If you're a young oh, yeah. child, that's pretty exciting. I had a belt with two holsters, one on each side. So I had double. Oh, yeah. And then I had. I had a sheriff's badge. I had a silver Whoa. sheriff's badge. I had a cowboy hat. I had boots. I, I was, you were, you I were was in ready. Nebraska. You were almost Kansas. Kansas. I'm sorry. You know, they're all the same to me. <laughs> Dodge <laughs> City. Getting out of Dodge. Yeah. You got, you got out of Dodge. You moved to California. I sure did. <laughs> well, you know what you guys have all avoided talking about because you don't want to alienate our audience by being too pointy-headed, but there must be someone among us that played chess as a preteen and maybe even an older kid. Did anybody have a chess set or play chess at a young age? Absolute silence, folks. <laughs> no, no I, had, I actually had a chess set and played chess for a while, but I got kind of bored. I was a step up from checkers. <laughs> I was good. I was really good at checkers. And when I made the jump to chess, it's like, oh, baby. Out of my my league. (laughs) You didn't want to be identified as being one of those nerdy kids that played chess. And sadly enough, I was identified as one of those nerdy kids. And I did play chess until I got to college. And then I said, yeah. Were, Were you ever on the chess club? I was on the debate team. 
which is just about as bad. We're going to end this segment with one more toy. I saved one for me to share for the end. It's a little bit nerdy when you get into the science of it, but it was just sheer kid fun when I was actually playing with this toy. I don't know if you guys remember the Super Ball. No. The Super Ball was a fad toy from the mid-60s. I happen to have been the perfect age for this toy. The Super Ball was invented by a chemist. He invented this substance. He called it Zectron. I don't know. It sounded spacey. (laughs) He invented it in the mid-60s. The geeky science of it is balls bounce based on what, what they're made of. A tennis ball will bounce if you hold it 100 inches off the ground, 58 inches high. <laughs> well, the Super Ball bounced 92% of its original height. And and when you're playing, if you're a kid and you're used to rubber balls that bounce maybe 50%, you get a Super Ball and you throw it against the pavement and it bounces about a mile high. <laughs> it was really thrilling. Boing. And when boing, <laughs> boing. What I remember about this thing is it bounced so high that you couldn't always predict what the second and third bounce was going to be huh. because it was so different from any other ball you'd right. ever seen. And that made for a really fun ball. As a kid, I lost a lot of Super Balls by hitting them with the baseball oh. bat, and they took off, oh. and you'd never find oh, them. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you were Willie Mays when you did that because you could hit the ball as far as Willie could. I'll just say 20 words about my final one. It should have been brought up earlier. Model airplanes and boats. Oh, How much yes. time did we spend yes. with the glue and the mess and putting together these things and then hanging them in your room or putting them on your dresser? And painting and them. And painting them. Painting and the cow. They came paint. with the cows, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I did a lot of model cars. The fighter jets and the bombers and the Navy ships never interested me too much. The toy that... I found interesting. It was in the early 60s when electronics was coming in in a big way into toys. I had this little reel-to-reel tape recorder, and I really, really wanted one of those for Christmas. I think it was probably in the late 50s or early 60s. This Mm reel-to-reel tape recorder I thought was so cool, but it was one of those toys that after about a week, you had absolutely no use for You've recorded your voice like a hundred <laughs> times doing different things. And after a while, you're thinking, I'm not creative enough to come up with anything new to say. And all your friends don't want to talk into your damn tape recorder anymore. <laughs> your brothers and sisters are tired of you recording them. And pretty soon, it's one of these things that sat on the shelf for years. That's it for Retro Toys. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. Join us next week for another episode of Camp Codger. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, sign up at campcodger.com to receive email updates about new episodes. As always, we would be delighted if you left a comment below. You can also join the fun by checking out Camper Corner on our website.